Welcome to Ghostly. Do ghosts from the Titanic haunt this earth? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. Rebecca, what's been going on with you? Well, I am in the middle of getting ready for our second book club. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, I've started reading The Deep. The Deep. I always want to say Into the Deep for some Mm, reason. Well, I mean, it kind of is, but uh, (laughs) uh, they're going into the the deep. But anyways, it's called The Deep. And uh, it, I'm super excited. I, I've started reading it, and it's, uh, it, it closely aligns with today's episode. So. Oh, okay. So it is based on the, the Titanic. It is. I mean, there's more, um, but it's uh, a big part of it is, and it's been really interesting to read it while doing the research for this episode. I mean, while it's a fiction book, a lot of research went into it, and there's a lot that is absolutely true. Oh, what is that called when they take a uh, like a piece of history and based fiction on it? Well, kind of historical fiction, I guess okay. we could say, like a like a Dan Brown. He's probably the most famous one to do that. Yeah, right? maybe. Yeah, like Da Vinci Code kind of thing. Kind of. I mean, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What's been going on? Oh, I'm the king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I mean same old stuff. Working, trying to maintain work-life balance and, you know, still do research and still get everything going for this. Well, you've been working on getting our uh, schedule for the next few months Yes, and if you are on Buy Me a Coffee as a member, you could see exactly what episodes we have lined up. Yep, we try to publish for a couple months in advance here. It is, yeah, we have it all planned out till May 12th, I believe. Okay. There you go. Maybe the 26th. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, so if you become a member on Buy Me a Coffee, yes, you get to see that schedule. And there might be an episode in there that you don't want to do. Well, really? Yeah. In May? No, maybe a little bit past that. But anyways, (laughs) yeah, you're- All right. Well, we'll see. You're going to have to wait and see that Oh, okay. Great. (laughs) Uh, So we do have some shout outs. So there are two ways that you can get a shout out on Ghostly. You could leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, We especially like the five star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews. Yeah. And uh, the other way is to support us by buying us a coffee or becoming a member for the Buy Me a Coffee, as we just referred to. Yep. So we have both of those kind this time. Woohoo. So I have a review on Apple Podcast from Terry from the Mountains. It's a five-star review. Nice. Uh, Thanks, Terry. It is um, very informative and interesting. Skeptic versus believer conversations. Love the historical information provided. And enjoy the personalities of the two hosts. Hey! So thank you very much, Terry. We really appreciate your review. Thank you. All right. And then we've got three shout outs for people that have bought us a coffee. And you can do that uh, by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the little buy us a coffee. Buy, buy me a coffee. Buy me a coffee. Uh, at the bottom of the, the, of the page, any page that you're on there. Uh, so we have Sandra 
Greppling, Marisol, and Christine H., who were so very kind as to buy us a cup of coffee and we we do really drink coffee and we really it I mean we also use it to help us produce the show um, but part of that is coffee yes very important it is it is probably one of the most important things of it the show. really it really is yeah without coffee yeah I don't there, know I don't know show. if there would be a show yeah no. <laughs> so do we have any listener mail we do have listener mail um, all right so this week's listener mail is from Kelly okay all right I'm not sensitive to these things at all whatsoever and am a, a bit more on the skeptical side of things oh. logic is king but Definitely. My brother's house has something in it. I've personally had a few strange things happen over the past 18 years of him living there. One of my nieces, when she was barely two, was standing in the front room with my former sister-in-law and I. She looked out of the picture window, which looks out to the front porch. She smiled at something unseen by my sister-in-law and I, and then she ran to the front door and locked the deadbolt. Oh, (laughs) So she smiled at it, but then was, but like, then was like, you're, you're not, not coming in. in. No, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I often spent the night during the early 2010s and slept in that same room. I opted to sleep on the floor one night. My head rested next to the bookshelf, which had most of my niece's baby toys. I kept hearing a rattle in the bookshelf next to my head. My brother lives in rural moments. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I assumed it was a field mouse. Eventually, I annoyingly sat up and pulled everything out of the bottom shelf. There were no toys that had a rattle on the shelf. There was only, uh, sorry, this was the only shelf on the bookshelf that had any toys on it. The last instance was the worst. This night, I slept in the recliner. I woke up suddenly and heard short footsteps walking up to me. I felt as though someone was standing right in front of my face, almost like someone's body heat. It felt like something malevolent not like one of my nieces. I actively kept my eyes shut and turned to my right side. Again, I heard footsteps and the feeling in my face again. Then I heard and felt whatever it was exhale sharply in my face. Then the feeling was gone. No footsteps walking away, nothing. I kept my eyes closed tightly for a good 10 minutes, terrified to open them. When I finally did, there was nothing around. Admittedly, I was groggy and maybe it was a dream, but from that day on, I made sure that the TV was on whenever I slept at his house to give some light to the room. Thank you, guys. I'm very new to your podcast, but really enjoy it, especially the local Chicago-based ones. Aww. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Uh, unfortunately, this is not a Chicago-based uh, episode, but we will definitely be doing more Chicago-based episodes as well. Oh, yeah. Well, it's always part of the rotation. Yeah. Uh, if you've got a story for us, you can do that uh, by contacting us by going on ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on Contact Us. Ooh. That's certainly an easy way. Uh, but you can also send us an email at info at ghostlypodcast.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 630-448-2138. Or, you know, we love the mail. Uh, snail mail. So you could send us something at P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And if you forget all of that information, just remember ghostlypodcast.com. It is all there. Yeah. And we are definitely still waiting for that mail that Jacob Mayfield said we should be getting. Right. Well, I need to go check. It's been a, a maybe a week. So we'll see. Last week when I went, there was nothing there. No. Right. Well, Not we'll even junk some. mail. That's how wow. losery we are with mail right now. 
So Ghostly's not pre-approved for any credit cards nope, or anything at this No, not at all. Point? Oh, nope, my God. Nope. I mean, you know, we, we do appreciate the digital. It's just fine. We get a lot of digital <laughs> mail, and that's great. Uh, but, and uh, voicemail, too. We, uh, yeah, we voicemail's enjoy that fun. Because then we could just play it for everyone to hear. Yeah, then it's in your own voice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... Uh, I don't think we need to talk about the polls this episode. So just we we'll always get... have to talk about the polls. <sighs> hey, this one was neck and neck. Like we've been, I've been seeing these votes come in, and it's been yeah, it's been a little crazy. I've been like, I don't know who's going to end up winning. Oh, so yeah. I, I had a chance in this. You one. did, you did. I mean, you had a chance. What? Um. So our last episode, we talked about Annabelle. Remember, Bob was on. Oh yeah, right. I remember. So it was two believers to one skeptic. Yeah. So you should give me an extra like 20 points for that or something. <laughs> well, I can't do that. But uh, we ended up at yes, 58.6% and no at 41.4. Now, I was a little concerned because we had a vote come in this morning, uh, but it was a yes. So yeah. we'll just not count that one. Yeah, we won't count it because it came in after the deadline. It so. did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you guys so much for voting. It was really close. And I love that we are um, closer to 50-50 in every poll now. So It's every, neck and neck. Every one of your votes really matter in, in these episodes. So make sure that you vote on if you think the Titanic is cursed. Yeah, or, or ghosts from the Titanic haunt this earth. Yes. yes. If you believe either one of those. <laughs> uh, ghostlypodcast.com for everything. So this episode, we're going to be talking about the ghost stories that revolve around the Titanic. So many ghost stories. Yeah, I don't remember when I heard my first Titanic ghost story, but I put it on our list of future episodes. And we used it in our last listener's choice poll. Mm -hmm. It didn't win, but it came in second. And a lot of people seemed really disappointed that it lost. So we decided that... There were so many good stories around the Titanic that we wanted to still do an episode on it. Um, and I asked uh, a personal friend of ours, David Vox Mullen, to do an interview with us because he has a story that is just unbelievable almost. I can't believe it's, that we know somebody that has this story. I yeah. mean, like, it's great. Yeah, it's a relative of his, uh, a great, great uncle. Yes, and, um, well, here's Vox to tell you more about it. All right. With us today is the man of many talents, David Vox Mullen. Vox is the host of many podcasts, including the David Vox Mullen Show and EPH 612, a very spooky podcast about Vox's real life events. Vox, uh, what's been going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. And, um, yeah, just uh, enjoying uh, trying to find the positive and silver lining of everything going on in the world and being stuck in my house since March of last year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Have you gotten to do any exorcisms since then? Uh, well, I have exercised my driveway today with the snow, <laughs> uh, or more, it exercised me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't. I haven't had any issues with exorcisms uh, in a long time, actually. So I, ah, I'm good. Maybe but we I'm cleansed ready you with be. the show. Yes, <laughs> I'm always I'm, I'm always ready, willing, and available if need be. So that's all right, good. that's all good. Right. We definitely still have uh, people reach out to us about the exorcism episode that you were on um, and how much it scares them. Yeah, <laughs> them or you? Well, me too. But uh, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, well, <laughs> no, Rebecca really gets scared show. of dolls too. So well, I mean, not I'm just all saying. dolls, but like Robert, the Robert doll. the doll. I'm not looking yeah. forward to. I do not <laughs> want to do that episode. But so I asked Fox to come on the show because not just because he's an awesome person, but he also has a Titanic tie-in. So Vox, do you want to tell everyone your story? Sure, I'd love to. So um, one of my family members uh, was on the Titanic. Unfortunately, he did pass away uh, uh-huh. in, the, in, the, in the sinking. But um, he has a somewhat notable history. Um, his name was Reverend John Harper. Harper is my mother's maiden name uh, from Scotland. And he was um, a pretty decent reverend from what i understand um and he was uh he was um introduced to some you know big uh, baptist um important people in london and they ended up having him head up a church in uh glasgow scotland in 1897 wow uh, it was it was called the paisley road baptist church in glasgow uh, they started with 25 members, and while he was there, they grew up to over 500 members, uh, which wow. is phenomenal. Um, they moved uh, to another location on Plantation Street, and in uh, and then the the church moved again to another building where it's currently at on Craig Hall Street. Um, it was actually renamed Harper Memorial Baptist Church in his honor after he died on the Titanic. Uh-huh. Um, a lot Spoiler of people, alert. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> just in case anybody didn't know, the boat sank. Um, but he, uh, you know, a lot of people think about famously, you know, the the minstrels who, who played on the Titanic as the ship was going down. They knew that they were unfortunately going to die yeah. or they assumed they were going to die. So they played, you know, the famously and the band played on. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody remembers that story. But what most people don't know about uh, which, of course, carried through our story and our family, which gets told and told the generations beyond because they're very proud of them. Um, and it is common knowledge. You can go on the Internet and look this up. This guy really existed and really did this. But like the musicians, he chose to stay on the boat and minister to people who were inevitably going to be dying. Wow. And so he took that opportunity to try to lead as many people as he could to God. And he brought with him on the boat his sister and his six-year-old daughter, um, who who went with they they were actually coming, ironically, to America to come to Chicago because he was coming to preach at the Moody Moody Church in Chicago. Oh, the Moody Baptist uh, Church, yeah. Yep, yep. And he and he was here he was here in Chicago the year before. Mm. Um, and did a really great job. And so uh, the Moody Institute wanted him to come back and, and preach again. So he hopped on the Titanic with his daughter and his sister, and they were coming to America again to come to Chicago. So he was headed here. And um, obviously, um, when the boat went down, he stayed on the boat as long as he could. His his sister and his daughter were rescued. They were oh. put on the boats first. Um, and that's partly how the story continued on. That's how we got the information. But mm-hmm. when the boat started going under, he jumped into the water. And while people who were alone in the water uh, without lifeboats uh, inevitably going to die, and they all knew that they were dying, while he was also in the water, he was preaching to them and telling them about eternity. And and, and so famously, he, he referenced um, Acts uh, chapter 16 verse 31 which is um 
believe in Jesus and therefore you shall be saved. And so that's that was this whole point was just, you know, trying to, to witness to as many people as he could uh, on the boat and then later in the water while they all died, uh, himself wow. included. So that was uh, that was uh, not I think in the in the John um, in the James Cameron movie, I think there was a reference to a priest like praying with people on the boat. Yes, like, really I remember seeing that. Yeah. And so but I don't think he was the only one on the boat, but it's possible that that may have been a reference to him. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, but there has been uh, a book uh, published uh, uh, about him uh, called The Titanic's Last Hero published by Moody Adams. Uh, and then actually I just found this out in 2011, there was a children's version of his story on the boat. Wow. Uh, that was uh, called Titanic ship of dreams. Uh, Jane, John, John Harper written by Robert plant. I don't think it's the dude from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's, so that is, that is a story that my family has told. I grew up hearing about all oh, we had, you know, a family member on the Titanic who was, you know, trying to save as many people as he could on the boat. And, uh, powerful i mean obviously you know me personally and you know that you know religion and faith has been a major part of my life and it's been a huge part of our family i mean i have family members right now who are in you know the clergy and like i have catholic priests in my family and 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 uh non-denominational pastors in my family and things like that so we, we've always and you know i'm crazy so you know <laughs> so we have that in our family and it's always been a major tether throughout our whole lineage but yeah it's, it's just been an interesting story and yeah and when you mentioned that you you were going to talk about the Titanic. I was like, Hey, I, I, I have a connection. So, wow. That's that is amazing. That is awesome. And he sound like, sounds like he was a great man too. Yeah. I mean, obviously I didn't know him, yeah. but, <laughs> but he, but he has a really interesting story. And obviously it, what, what spoke to me, not, not just the, the, the events that took place on the, on the Titanic, but also when I looked at like just what he accomplished prior to that, like he was, he was an, a, a, a heavy mover for God. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. to speak. So I thought it was a, it was a really good story, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's sad that he had to pass, but I, I'm happy to, uh, to know that his story is living on and our family lineage is, is continuing on through stuff like that and like this. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's, I bet he was a, a comfort to a lot of people too. Yeah, you definitely. Know? In yeah. their, their yeah. last that's moments. What it, that's what it would seem like. Yeah. I mean, that's no, knowing what that, what that moment is, you know, of, of trying to, you know, lead someone to the Lord. I mean, it's, it's a powerful thing. So the fact that he was able to, you know, speak to so many people on the boat and then, you know, unfortunately in the water, I mean, that's, that's something. I mean, I I would imagine if I was in a similar situation, I, I would imagine, uh, I would, I would hope that I had the integrity to do the same thing. Uh, oh, I would, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd, I would, also I'd be knocking boat, people but... off of <laughs> off of the doors and walls and whatever they were on. Yeah, I wouldn't sure, be Jack going down, uh, just I'm holding sure on. It came to a point where he had to come to the realization that I'm not getting off this boat. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and that's kind of when you go, okay, well. Yeah. We if I'm going to die anyways, might as well go out saving people. But um, my yeah. first thought is to run and um, <laughs> push people. So that's probably how I would have yeah, gone out. Yeah. Uh, so what do you have going on Vox? Um, just still, uh, quarantining and trying to stay alive and, and not get, uh, sick <laughs> and, uh, just, just eagerly waiting for things to get better. I know they will. It's just going to take time. Absolutely. Um, 
I do uh, want to mention that uh, the one podcast that you mentioned that I do, EPH612, uh, we, we, we had a whole one season, uh, which is all stories about my personal experiences with the supernatural. Um, and then the next season, uh, we're in production right now where we're going to be having guests on who were either part of those stories that I mentioned in the first season. So you get second party information. Mm. Um, also, other guests who themselves have had experiences. And we're going to, you know, just touch make it a little bit more interactive than the first season. So, uh, so we're really looking forward to that. So if you haven't listened to it, definitely go back and listen to all of the first season. So you have an opportunity to hear that and then you'll be ready for the next season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a well-made podcast too. I thank you. Just, I have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, and just in case people don't know that listen to ghost lay, know we've said it sometimes, but we are on uh, another DVMPE podcast pat and i yes, we do the, the walking yes, dead are. podcast and and uh you know vox has got uh the the his production empire has a, a lot of amazing uh podcasts that you can listen to um if you just look up dvmpe yeah. there's a lot of them yeah out we there. just love it we just love to keep you entertained and that's that's yeah. what we do so, yeah they they have a mandalorian podcast just, that's what i was thinking in my we mind do. is the mandalorian podcast because i love yeah the yeah they just they just finished up their second season and then it's, it's gosh that show is so much fun to watch and oh, yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no they do a great job on that show and, yeah yeah, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. We have shows based on TV. We have shows based on politics, religion, health, snacks, uh, snacks, yes. um, <laughs> all all different stuff. There's a Dungeons and Dragons one. There's there's so many different things. So check us out if you're a gamer. We got shows. So uh, you know, take a look. DVMPE.com. Or if they want to produce their own podcast, they can definitely <sighs> look you up too. We're like we're like your training wheels for starting your podcast. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have any training wheels. No, I, we just I took them in. off and You just hit the ground running, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that would have been really valuable in the beginning too, you know, yeah. when you're learning how to do everything and get on all the different podcast players and stuff. So, if you guys want to make your own podcast, DVMPE is the place to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have a lot of fun. Thank you for saying that. And, uh, yeah, I don't, we've been together, we've been doing this for 11 years now and I don't actually 12 years. Wow. It's 2021. Um, and yeah, we're not going anywhere, so we'll be here forever. Well, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Vox. We really appreciate you and all that you do. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great day. Thanks. You you too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. I, that was just incredible what a great story i mean like obviously sad but also yeah, had had but some inspirational positive. Yeah. yeah and and like again not just a story of like someone that was on the titanic and didn't make it but i mean really like a story has books written about him yeah so i will be posting uh a link to his wikipedia page as well as some of those books that vox mentioned in the show notes if you'd like to read more about um reverend harper Absolutely. Absolutely. I I can't wait to dive into that more. Uh, So, Rebecca, um, I'm assuming you have a ghost story for us. I do. Well, you also have intro music for your story now, thanks to Mondo. Mondo! Mondo heard uh, Jacob Mayfield uh, request that we have an intro for you and... Mondo asked if I wanted him to do it. And I really wanted like a fan to send in something. 
but we weren't getting anything. Well, and I mean, Mondo's just so good at it. I, I can understand that so, people are a little intimidated. So, yeah. So I, I told him he could go ahead and do it. And I thought it was going to take him days. Within, you know, a few hours, he sent me back this and uh, he was worried it might be a little too creepy. Oh, that's not possible. <laughs> well, here it is. So you hear it for yourself and let us know if it's too creepy for you. Okay. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. So what'd you think of that, Rebecca? Oh my gosh, that is amazing. That is amazing. And we get to hear it every time, right before Ghost Story? Yes. Yay! So, I mean, unless a listener sends us something. Well, then we could rotate. That's true. So, Rebecca, here's your time to tell your ghost story. Thank you. I guess I'll start at the beginning. It's been a difficult time, so please excuse me if I struggle with telling this story. We got word that we had to leave the harbor on a new mission, a recovery mission. We had found out about the Titanic and got the word that we had to go and collect the floating dead. I mean, normally, you know, (laughs) we would just be delivering things, but this was a different mission altogether. So we had to leave with a ship full of ice and coffins. We were not prepared for what we saw. Who could be? I could not imagine such a scene in my most horrible nightmare. (laughs) Well, now my nightmares are full of this vision of bodies floating in the water as far as the eye could see. It was like like a field of bodies, far more than we were prepared for. I mean, who could have thought that's... There would be so many. We had brought 109 coffins, but there were at least 300 bodies. Just imagine that. I mean, you can't. I hope hope you never have to. Well, we were told to prioritize those with nice clothes for the coffins. Those with monogram jewelry or clothes. They were embalmed right there on the boat. (laughs) We even found John Astor. Those who looked like, well, steerage, they got stacked in ice. Well, some of them did, but most we were just told to strip them of any valuables or identifying items, and then we'll just put them back in for a burial at sea. We just had to pile up the life vests that, in the end, were just something to prolong the time of death. Well, we made it back to Halifax, overburdened with dead. They tried hard to identify as many people as they could, but in the end, most were just buried here in the city, on a hillside, with headstones that said the date, that they were on the Titanic, and a number. That's it. All of that was hard, and I didn't like to talk about it. But then a few years ago, The sighting started at the makeshift mortuary building. It's a restaurant now. They say cutlery moves without being touched. Glasses fall from the shelves. 
Voices call for help, and mists and shapes are seen floating down the staircase. I didn't believe these stories at first, but then I went there myself, and while I was eating, I could hear the cries for help, and I smelled that smell, the mix of sea salt and death, and I knew. I knew that tragedy and death followed us back. Those we brought here are not at rest. I guess it's not surprising. I hope someday I can have a night's sleep without seeing those bodies, without hearing those cries. Wow, so that's based upon... Based upon a real story. Yeah, yeah I that's how I... a real story, but it's based upon well, an account it, of somebody. Well, or... I will... No, the whole... I made up a person. And, and the I, and And the Back idea up. of, uh, you know, going to the restaurant and hearing the voices themselves. Okay, that part was just... That part was me dra- dramatization. Embellishing. Right? And, but the actual uh, uh, account of, of a ship from Halifax, Nova Scotia, that was called to, to the whole thing with collecting the bodies, not having enough room, all of that. And just like on the boat, how first class passengers were treated very differently than those in steerage. It was mm. the same thing as far as who got to get a coffin or not. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, the restaurant um, being haunted is true. Wow. Or I believe it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a small break. And when we come back, Yay. the history section. Listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic? Or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle. It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you and your ghostly gear. All right, we are back. So the history of the Titanic has been very well documented throughout the years, especially once it was actually found on September 1st, 1985. It's actually been estimated that at some point in the next 30 to 40 years, the remains of the Titanic will not even be able to be seen. Oh, wow. Yeah. uh, There seems to be this acceleration of iron-eating bacteria on the hull of the ship, and that is where you find most of the remains of the ship. So wow. once that's gone... Yeah, the rest of it's just going to... I mean, though, there will still probably be a debris field around it. But yeah, after that... Wow. Yeah. So um, since it's so easy to find the history of the Titanic, and you know what, to tell you the truth, a lot of it's just boring, like 
numbers and stuff like that. So I don't get into all that. I am just going to go over the highlights of the history of the Titanic or the hashtag Pat Facts. Pat Facts! Pat's Facts From a skeptic point of view Pat's Facts He presents it all to you Pat's So the Titanic was one of three Olympic-class ocean liners owned by the British shipping company White Star Line. Uh, There was the RMS Olympic, the RMS Titanic, and the HMHS Britannic, which was originally going to be named the Gigantic, (laughs) as it was even bigger than the Titanic. (laughs) I'm going to go on the gigantic. Yeah. That's hilarious. Take a ride on the gigantic. Uh, White Star Lines built these ships to compete with their competitors as they had the fastest ships of the day. So they knew that they couldn't beat it in speed, but wanted to beat it in size and luxury. So Titanic was super luxurious for those days. Uh, the t- Titanic was actually constructed in Belfast and was built by shipbuilders Harland and Wolf, who were working for White Star Line dating back to 1867. Wow. So they had a really long history. Lord Peary oversaw the design, and Thomas Andrews was the ship architect. I also believe that he he, he died on the ship, too. Um. Yeah. Um, so the Titanic was 882 feet, nine inches long. Her total height was 104 feet. Like That's crazy. That's pretty gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though the gigantic was going to be 1,000 ah. feet, so it was going to be even bigger. Um, the Titanic could hold 3,547 passengers. This consisted of 833 first-class passengers 614 second-class passengers, and 1,006 third-class passengers. And the rest was room for the crew. Which was a big group. Absolutely. They almost had 900 crew members. Yeah. Yeah. On its maiden voyage, you'd expect that it was at full capacity, right? Mm. Um, But it wasn't because of a national coal strike in the UK. So it only had... 1,317 passengers. Oh, wow. So this could have been a lot worse. It could have been, yeah. Wow. Um, but that was just people that bought tickets. Some people didn't show up, and some might have been added at the last minute. Uh, so the number, it's just really hard to tell how many people were actually on the Titanic wow. at that time. Uh, this number doesn't include the crew members also. Okay. So the death toll was put at between... 1,490 to 1,635 people. How sad. Yeah. That they really didn't have the records to even know for sure. No, I mean, they knew who bought tickets, but that was about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was really, you know, there wasn't somebody like checking people in at the at the front. They were just collecting tickets. Yeah. So the movie Titanic made it look like the third class passengers and crew members were stuck in substandard living quarters, right? But for the for the time, those rooms were actually pretty nice. Most ships of those days, the third-class passengers all slept in the same open area. The Titanic had rooms to accommodate two people, four people, six people, eight people, or ten people. 
So you could get any one of those rooms. Nice. So, you know, even if you were in the 10-passenger room, that's still better than having, you know, a thousand people sleeping in, like, what would look like a gym or something. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and they also had, you know, they could use the gym. Oh. They could go to the restaurants. They could do all the same things that all the other passengers could. So this was something different. And they were treating people better than what they had been treating people before. Still not great. I mean, their rooms were not luxurious. It was just pretty much a, you know, four walls with a bed. Um, But still, it was something better. Uh, Although the first and second class passengers were usually kept separate from the third class passengers, the deck was open for all passengers. That's good. So a lot of times they would talk to each other during that time. And there was a passenger list. It was published before sailing to inform the public which members of the great and good were aboard on the ship. And it was not uncommon for ambitious mothers to use the list to identify rich bachelors to whom they could introduce their marriageable daughters during the voyage. Yeah, that does not (laughs) surprise me. And I promise you that is a discussion we will get into uh, at book club, I'm guessing. Oh, interesting. It's in the deep? Yeah, well, just the concept of, of, of some of that, yeah. Mm. Uh, the Titanic was launched on April 10th, 1912. It left Southampton and was heading to New York. Uh, they actually avoided a huge accident a few minutes after setting sail. I don't know if you knew this. No. They almost crashed into the SS City of New York. Uh, it was a near miss about four feet away. Wow. And Maybe it would have been better, though. <laughs> well, it actually caused the SS City of New York to have a lot of problems because it was a smaller ship, of course. I mean, yeah. this is the Titanic, right. not the Gigantic. <laughs> okay. But the Titanic. And so it caused them to have a bunch of problems where the Titanic pretty much, you know, was on its way within a few minutes yeah. after that. Um. Now, of course, we know that the Titanic hit an iceberg on April 14th, Iceberg straight ahead. <laughs> Sorry. And that was at about 11.40 p.m. Okay. Uh, what might have saved them was if Frederick Fleet, he was the lookout guy, mm-hmm. uh, had a pair of binoculars. See, in the movie, they had binoculars. Well, there were binoculars on board the Titanic, but unfortunately, no one knew it. The binoculars were stashed in a locker in the crow's nest where they were most needed, right? Yes. Um, But the key to the locker wasn't on board. That's because a sailor named David Blair, who was reassigned to another ship at the last minute, forgot to leave the key behind when he left. The key was in Blair's pocket. I mean, I can absolutely see that moment of myself where, like, you get to your new thing and you you reach in your pocket and you're like, like oh, oh, binocular key. No, I forgot to leave the key for them. Ah, I'm sure it'll be all right. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> oh. uh, the Titanic was known as the unsinkable ship, but it sank on April 15th at 2.20 a.m. The band on board... The ship, the Wallace Hartley's Orchestra, played until the ship sank. Titanic had the ability to carry up to 64 wooden lifeboats, which would have been enough for 4,000 people, considerably more than her actual capacity. However, 
the White Star Line decided that only 16 wooden lifeboats and four collapsible would be carried, which would accommodate 1,178 people, only one-third of Titanic's total capacity. Oh, so frustrating. Right? But it was actually because of the Titanic sinking that they had to um, change the way that ships operated. That's true. So they... Like in our Eastland episode, we talk about how the Titanic affected them by having to carry more boats. Yes. Well, those boats were really heavy, though, too. They're made of wood. Mm-hmm. So um, like nowadays, there's inflatable rafts and stuff. That, well, and you plan for it before you build the boat so that yeah. you you know balance it all out. Absolutely. So I already talked about how many people died aboard the Titanic. But the amount of saved was about 710 people, uh, as a lot of the lifeboats left when they were only half full. Wow. Yeah, we saw that in the movie. Yeah. That's well, so sad. They did have um, like a rule where women and children need to go first and stuff. So if there wasn't women and children around, the boat would just take off. Then. They wouldn't even be like, oh, okay, a couple of guys can come on board this one. No, they just would take off. Wow. And also... Um, people had trouble getting to the part where the boats were launching as well. Mm. So it was just a struggle all the way around. And you got to imagine, I mean, once you hear that your ship's going down, there's going to be total anarchy on that ship. Absolutely. Good thing there's people like Vox's great-great-uncle that, (laughs) you know, tried to save people and, you know, comfort people. And then the band, you know. Yeah. So there were some good people on board there. Oh, absolutely. So it was hard to recover the bodies afterwards um, because it was hard to pinpoint the exact location the Titanic went down and also because bodies have a way of drifting from the site. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're just floating in a life preserver. Yeah, if that. Mm -hmm. But White Star Line did hire some Canadian ships to locate the bodies and they were able to find 328 of the bodies, the Canadian ships, and then um, other ships that just happened to be passing by found five bodies. Uh, So a total of 333 bodies were recovered. So there's a lot more bodies that were not recovered. Sadly, they never will, because when they finally found the Titanic in 1985, they noticed the remains were probably eaten by fish and other wildlife. Yeah, just kind of disintegrated. Yeah. But they couldn't eat the shoes. Ah. So uh, they see a lot of shoes in the debris area around the ship. Wow. Um, but that's about all I have for the hashtag PatFacts. Hashtag PatFacts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great um, sources that we'll we'll put in our show notes if you want to read more. A lot of good... Uh, uh, National Geographic has a lot of movies and things if you want to yeah. learn more about Titanic history. Did you watch that one I sent you? Yes. Yeah, so they... you could actually, there's one from National Geographic where they were able to go down and take all these pictures of the ship and then put them into one um, one like model where you could see it in the daylight. 
right without the water yeah yeah it's like they recreated it so the wreckage so it's super interesting and they tell you all the time how you can see it in the daylight (laughs) i noticed that (laughs) they like to repeat that fact uh and yeah there's uh, and obviously if you haven't seen the movie titanic you definitely need to see that movie there's some there's some inconsistencies with the movie. well of course but it's good and you get to see some of the famous people that were were on the ship like the unsinkable molly brown and um, I mentioned John Astor in my story. He was probably one of the most famous on the ship. So Yeah, and you could draw her like one of your French girls. <laughs> you jump, I jump, Jack. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take another break, and then we will come back with the debate. Debate. Hey, guys. What I've learned over the last couple years is the key to a really good podcast is two things, getting plenty of Apple podcast reviews and lots of caffeine. You can help us with both of those. Head over to Apple Podcast, write us a review, and if you feel up to it, you could even buy us a cup of coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast or just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on the Buy Us Coffee. You can sign up for a membership or a one-time donation to us. It would really be appreciated. Rebecca, are you ready to give us some evidence? Yes, let's do it. You know, there was a comment on Instagram, I believe, where somebody said, uh, why don't why don't we prove that it's not real? Mm. And that is impossible because when we're talking about the paranormal, the burden of proof lies on the believer then, unfortunately. And it kind of has to be, right? Because I can't prove that something didn't happen you have to, I don't know, it just, it, it doesn't is, work It that is way. hard, it is difficult. So our friend uh, Vox, who we just heard earlier, had a pretty good quote about that actually earlier. He says, uh, for the believer, no proof is necessary. For the skeptic, no proof is enough. And I think that's yeah sometimes true. I mean, I think we both kind of fall a little bit in the middle, but. Well, we do have some skeptical believers that yeah. that listen. So for those people, there is enough proof because they're willing to um, say at some point that they will believe they just need the evidence. Well, or they also will sometimes if given enough evidence, they will not believe. And and yeah. that's, you know, and, and I, I, I think I fall in that, that. too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what do you got for us, Rebecca? All right, so two major sources I have for our evidence today are Dark Hauntings and Seek's Ghost websites. Uh, Though, to be honest, all of these stories show up on a lot of websites. Okay. Uh, I thought I'd start real basic with your favorite, uh, orbs. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So ships passing by the area where the Titanic sank uh, claim to see orbs. So at night, there's many reports of lights seen dancing along the surface of the water near the site. Uh, but there are people that report uh, what they describe as glowing orbs above and below the waterline. Okay. Well, um, water has this way of re- reflecting light, and it could play tricks on us. So I'm going to say that that I don't believe this at all because... First of all, there's no proof that orbs are actually anything paranormal at all. 
secondly, um, th- when you're out at sea, you've been on like a cruise or something, right? I mean, I, no, I've never taken a cruise, but I've been on boats. Okay. Have you ever been on a boat in the ocean? Mm, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. I have actually. I mean, when you're on there, you can look out and you don't see anything. It's like that weird desert kind of feeling where, you know, you're just prone to see illusions. And I believe that these lights could just be reflections of stuff from the boat. I mean, I get, I, I, I'm inclined to go with that because I do believe that, you know, I couldn't find any pictures of orbs or anything like that, just that people claim to see orbs. But I'd also say chances are, I mean, it's not, I mean, if you're, if anywhere you could see light on the water or orbs, but they're saying, no, no, like at this spot, I see these things that look different than I do anywhere else. Eh, Maybe there's a little something there. If they're going to that particular spot, I'm sure they're going there for Titanic type stuff. I mean, like they know that this is where the Titanic went down. It's not just like, you know, I saw an orb. Well, that's interesting because that just so happens to be the spot that the (laughs) Titanic sank. No, they know that this is the spot. So they're more, you know, they're all going to be on the lookout for that. Mm. They paid money to go there. Well, or I think that could be a shipping route. I don't know, but uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So would you rate that evidence then? Zero. Zero. All right. I'm yeah. going to give it a four. A four? Okay. Yeah. You're pretty low then. I'm pretty low on the that particular one. Hmm. Yeah. You know, you've never given a three or a two or... I think I have. Maybe in the opposite episode. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, evidence number two. Okay. Um, so deep sea vessels like subs or those kind of things that are around there, um, have reported hearing strange signals and interference on their radios, Mm. including SOS messages that they have no traceable source. Um, The SOS signal, which I I was wondering if you'd mentioned some of that in your your history, it was pretty new in 1912, and the Titanic um, was actually one of the first ones to have it and was one of the first to use... um, uh, to use it to call for um, help. You know, they used SOS and CQD, come quick, danger. Yeah, and because of the Titanic, also they started uh, really working out some of the bugs in wireless communications. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't very consistent at that point. Yeah. yeah. And did you know SOS does not stand for Save Our Ship? Oh, No. I don't know what it stands for, but it doesn't stand for that. I was reading an article about that. Huh. Hashtag Pat Facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I do have to say that uh, the location of where the Titanic is is located is over two miles below sea level. And it's very, very hard to get to. In fact, I think there's only been like 25 or 30 expeditions to the location of the Titanic um, to this day. Mm. So there hasn't been that many, uh, even though it was only discovered in 1985, the exact location of it. I would say that the water pressure is very, very high down there. And uh, we don't know a lot about two miles under the sea level. Um, 
I think that there's a lot of interference that can be be caused for that, and the water pressure can definitely cause that. They could um, that could cause them to hear or see things that aren't actually there, but it can also you know, cause people to hallucinate entirely because of lack of oxygen and the pressure. I mean, I guess I, I mean, again, this goes back to the like, but if they're reporting it, it's because it isn't normally something that they hear or encounter. Um, And, you know, I, I, this just reading it, it sounded more like, you know, they're going along and they hear this SOS or they hear, you know, this call and they try to trace it back and they can't find a location for it. Yeah. You know? And the, also these, these vessels are equipped with um, audio equipment. So every second of the voyage is recorded in audio and a lot of times video as well, depending upon what kind of vessel that they're using. And I have not heard any of these SOS things. So I'm thinking it is in the mind of the person going down there. <laughs> you know, did you know that like, when you go down that far, you can't just come back up right away. There's no, like steps that you need to take because you could die from that. True, the so, bends. Yeah, it can cause a lot of weird things to happen to you. So I'm just saying <laughs> hallucination is not um, ruled out in this. Mm, interesting. Um, so what's your evidence rating? Zero. Okay, I'm going to give this one a five. I'm going okay. up a little bit with this one. Well, I would have went higher had I actually have heard any of these SOS transmissions. Yeah, I, again, I could not find any any recordings. It doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means that I was uh, I was unable to find it. By the way, I looked up SOS, and what I read was that it doesn't actually stand for anything. It's just like yeah. what you're supposed to send. Uh, but people have decided it means save our ship or save our souls. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> our damn souls. Oh, hey. Wow. Hey, family friendly. That's not explicit. There's dams like the Hoover Dam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready for another piece of evidence? No, but let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I love this story. Love this story. In 1977, Second Officer Leonard Bishop of the SS Winter Haven gave one of his passengers a tour of the ship. So of the ship SS Winter Haven. Yeah. Okay. The passenger was softly spoken, had a British accent, and was unusually attentive to detail. Bishop thought the man was odd, but couldn't quite, fi- couldn't quite put his finger on what seemed out of place. A few years later, someone showed him a picture of Captain Edward John Smith. Hmm. Bishop said, I know him. I gave him a tour of my boat. His companion laughed and said, impossible. That man was the captain of the Titanic. Wow. Have you seen a picture of Captain Edward John Smith? I have. Uh, yeah, he's he looks like... Um Orville Redenbacher. Kind of <laughs> he thing. looks exactly as you expect the captain of the Titanic to look like. Yeah. White beard, captain. Complete looking. with one of those funky mustache things that twirl around. Yes, and stuff. exactly. I, um, you know what? I, I disbelieve this story because, first of all, I would think that um, somebody that is um, on the SS Winter Haven would have known what a um, what Captain Edward John Smith would look like. Maybe. But second of all, I think that he would have known right away that there's something up with this guy. I mean, how many people 
come to you looking like that? Well, I mean, he said he thought it was weird. He thought he was weird. He sounded weird. He was being weird. But, you know, hey, if a passenger wants a tour, you do it. Yeah. And uh, also, what if it was his doppelganger? (laughs) Which, by the way, is a topic we should consider for the future. No, that's a type of ghost, actually. Oh, interesting. The doppelganger ghost is a type, like a demon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, um, I, no, it could just <laughs> been a man that looked like him, unfortunately. I mean, I mean, not unfortunately. I mean, he was a good looking guy, I guess, you know, for a captain of a ship. <laughs> there you go. All right. So what's your rating? Zero. Zero. All right. I'm going to give this one a six. I'm going up. Whoa. As we go. You went four, five, and then six. So your next one's going to be seven, I'm assuming. I don't know. We'll see. I got to think about it. Now, I'm also, you know, I had to pick and choose carefully what I was going to pick. There are so many ghost stories associated with the Titanic that I am leaving a lot on the cutting room floor. Yeah. We tried to limit it to like five pieces of evidence or so. We don't want to. Because it, it just can be too much. And a lot of the stories are are similar stories, just with different people involved. So I just want to mention that Captain Edward John Smith, there are several ghost stories involving him. And one I absolutely recommend you look up is his haunted mirror. Ooh. Yeah. There's okay. a really cool story about, th- about that. What so. about if you took Annabelle to the haunted mirror? <laughs> what would happen then? I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what would happen. Wow. All right. The last two pieces of evidence are actually from the Titanic exhibit, Hmm. uh, which I saw many years ago at the Chicago Museum of Science and Industry. Oh, okay. Did you ever go to that? No. Okay. It was really cool. It was... um, there's some other museums that do something similar or things that do this, but like when you go in, you get like a thing like of, of your passenger name. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you get to look it up and see if you made it or not. Oh, wow. That's kind of <laughs> scary. It is. Um, did then, you make it? I, I honestly don't remember. I think I did. Mm. I think I did. I don't Well, you remember. wouldn't be here today if you didn't well, make it. Well, there you go. Uh, and there was the, the cool, there were two cool things. One is you can, they make it, there's like a room where you can stand almost like you're on the the deck of the ship in, mm. at night. And they have it, it's like dark, it's cold. They make wow. the room cold. So you feel like you would feel if you were there. And then they have a wall of like ice thing mm. where you can touch which is how cold the water was that night so you oh, kind of cool. get that you know See, real feel of it the reason why i wouldn't go to something like that is because usually they just have like different artifacts which is cool if we're talking about something like the you know ancient egyptians or something like that but we're talking about something that was from 1912 so i mean it was 100 years ago but still it was something that I mean, resembles things that we use today, you know, like they'll be like, oh, this was a cup that they found. Well, yeah, I see cups all the time. That's a cool looking cup, I guess. It looks old. But I mean, okay. (laughs) Well, uh, I I think either this is a separate thing or or it's kind of a fun, a permanent home at the Luxor. Speaking of Egyptian, the Luxor Hotel and Casino in Vegas. Luxor, if you would like to sponsor us. Yes, (laughs) Please contact us. Uh, But many employees and visitors have felt, heard, and witnessed paranormal activity in the exhibition. Um, Some some people reported feeling like followed and hear footsteps and uh, see apparitions. Uh, But the one that I want to talk about is um, 
a picture of Bruce Ismay. Do you have you heard that name? Does that sound familiar to you? Um, like I didn't, I didn't remember. Like in, in the research that I did, I did see that he worked for White Star Line. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't remember exactly what his title was or anything like that. Yeah, I don't. I, I couldn't find his his official title, but he was the highest ranking White Star official that survived. Oh, he's in in the movie. He's kind of a squirrely guy, and of I mean, I don't know. He 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 definitely got a lot of blame put on him, and he lived a pretty quiet life um, after because he he had a lot. I mean, he was absolved of any wrongdoing, but. Basically, people blamed him and the captain for pushing um, too fast, basically. Sure. And I think that they did. I think I that mean, they, they pushed this ship out a little bit too early. But, yeah. you know. Uh, so anyways, but so it's a, it's a uh, picture of him. And while the morning staff was opening, they noticed that the picture had fallen on the floor. Or sorry, the picture was on the floor leaning against the wall. The manager went to go look at the surveillance footage to see who would have moved it. What he saw totally stunned him he saw the picture shake and very gently get placed on the floor by unseen hands like no one was holding it hmm i mean i just think that it could have fallen on the floor i mean i I don't think like i've had pictures that i didn't secure well to the wall that fell off but how do they fall Sometimes they break. Other times they, you know, I was lucky enough that they didn't break. So, but would they be leaning against the wall, or would they be like lying flat down, like face down? Depends on how they hit. Depends on what kind of angle it was kind of put at. So, um, and it depends on what I use to secure it to the wall. I mean, it just, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, okay, that might be something. That seems odd, but I don't know if I would say that's paranormal. That's just weird thing that happened. That's all. I mean, like, here's the thing. If there was no video, I'd be like, okay, maybe it fell down. Someone walked by and just lifted it up and put it against the wall because they didn't want to mess with hanging it back up and just did that. But the fact that he saw it on a video, (laughs) like... Well, I think they were lucky. It didn't break. (laughs) So they should just... Be happy. <laughs> All right. So what would you rate this one? Let's give it a one. Oh, nice. Nice. Give, give it a little bit. This one is going to be uh, a seven for me. I told you it was going to be <laughs> four, five, six, seven. I'm going up. I'm right. going in, in order. In this last one, you're going to go to an eight, I bet. Oh, we'll see. All right. So this is another one having to do with the exhibit. So okay. various guests and employees have reported seeing a woman with her hair in a uh, bun. Is she wearing white? Uh, she is actually not. She's wearing black. Okay. With a white collar. Oh, but it has to have some white on it. Yes. I guess, so. uh, a crew member was uh, like working at the exhibit was setting up his camera equipment in preparation for the exhibit to open that day when he noticed a woman walking down the replica of the Titanic's great staircase, grand staircase, which we've, if you've seen the movie, you remember that big staircase. This yeah, can confi- that actually went up all the way. Oh yeah, five, five, yeah, five decks or whatever whatever. they want to call it. Yeah, Yeah. it went up the whole entire span of the ship. Wow. So yeah, I can't imagine how much that was to build that. Um, so this confused him though because he had never saw anybody walk up and open, and the doors were not open yet. Right? I mean, it was the exhibit wasn't open yet. Yet there was a woman walking down the staircase. He asked the woman if she would like to have her picture taken, but there was no reply. 
The crew member carried on setting up, but he had the feeling like someone was behind him. When he turned around, the same woman was right behind him. This startled him, but once again, he asked if she would like to have her picture taken. And again, he got no response. The lady began to fade away and did not show herself again for days. I think this man is fibbing. What? Yeah, that makes the the most logical sense to me is that he was fibbing or she was cosplaying as somebody from the <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> she wouldn't have faded away. Hey, I don't know how people make their exits. <laughs> <laughs> she had to make a grand exit though. No, I, I I don't know. I mean, this just like I have I have this man's word on it, which I don't even have this man's name. I don't know who this person is. I don't know if they're reliable source at all. I'm just going to say I think he lied. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to give it a zero. Wow. You didn't even wait for me to ask. Nope. Because <laughs> I'm just determined to say that. Well, I mean, for me, I think, you know, this is just one instance of people seeing this woman. And I do think that uh, energy can be attached to an item, an object um, that they was important to them. Um, and so I do think it's possible. Um, you know, there's actually a lot of stories uh, that have to do with objects of, of people that were on the Titanic and their spirits um, still being around. And uh, there, you know, it, it was such a violent um, death and a horrible shock um, that it, it doesn't surprise me um, that we'd have some of these spirits that are attached to objects from the ship. Is this your closing argument? <laughs> no, no. This is about this one particular haunting. I think so. What I'm trying to say is this is why I'm going to give this one an eight because <laughs> it, it is See? my. It is to me the most. You know, I don't know. Again, just the idea that there there are spirits entities attached to these items um, from well, the ship. But who was the guy? The, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't look up his name. I could have, I'm sure. Where's any proof that this actually happened? Well, he wasn't taking pictures of her. He was asking if she wanted... He thought he was, she was a real person. But he's not just going to take pictures of her. It's just his account. It's just him saying well, that this happened. Well, that's Did you eat breakfast this morning? You'll never know. <laughs> no, I won't. Because even <laughs> if you tell me you did, I have no proof that you did. <laughs> I do. <laughs> or I did. Uh. Uh, okay. Uh, anyways, so, uh, you know, okay, that's my evidence. And just also, there's so many more ghost stories out there. Uh, you know, like if you're, if you're interested in this, if you look it up, you'll, you'll find a lot more. Okay. So what is your overall rating? So my overall rating is going to be a seven. I, I really do think there are spirits from the Titanic that are still still around attached to those objects or, you know, where those graves are uh, that I had in my ghost story. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just really think it was such a violent, tragic thing. Okay. How well, about you? I'm going to go, this might surprise you, but uh -huh. I'm going to go zero. What? Yeah. <laughs> I do not believe it at all. Okay. Well, then are you ready for closing arguments? I am. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. 
We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. Rebecca, are you ready? I am ready. I have one minute on the clock, and it starts now. We've all heard the story of the Titanic, and I bet when you saw that we were doing this episode that you thought, oh, yeah, there's definitely ghosts associated with the Titanic. Because, I mean, this is a story tailor-made for that. Something horrible, tragic, that has stayed with us for over a hundred years now. Um, And there's, like I said, I only could tell you a snippet of the stories for this. Um, But just even the ones that I've picked, the idea that, you know, people have seen um, spirits from, uh, from the people that have passed with that ship that are attached to objects that are attached to the sea, Um, you know, maybe not so much the orbs and things in the ocean, um, but where the, the bodies and the objects of the Titanic have gone, I do believe the spirits have gone. Okay. You finished a couple seconds before the time. I did. So, okay. I am ready. You're ready. Okay. And go. So, I think that we put importance to these kind of um, big death tolls. And I think that when we see something like that, we assume that there has to be something paranormal going on there, that there would have to be some kind of life after death there, that there would be some kind of ghost there. I think it's an assumption that we make. And then we then attribute anything that happens to be evidence of that. I don't believe that it's true at all. I believe that there are times when horrible things happen and nothing is left there. But if you do a Google search of any kind of horrific event, you will find ghost stories attached to those horrific events. It doesn't mean that they're real. There's no evidence that supports it. There's no credible evidence, at least, that supports it. We don't know who that guy was that saw the woman, and I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) because your time is up yep (laughs) so i want to thank you so much for listening please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement absolutely i mean you guys have helped us grow to the size that we are now and we really appreciate that we ask you to do it again yeah let's make this year let's let's do this let's let's really grow this the biggest year in ghostly history yeah We've got some really exciting plans that we're really hoping we do we can grow things that uh, that we'll be able to do. And in fact, uh, our next episode, we will be talking about the Hatfield and McCoys yeah. and all the ghosts surrounding them. You know, you would be surprised at how many ghost stories there are around the Hatfield and McCoys. And I love a a good rivalry, good classic American story, the oldest rivalry in history, and it still goes on. Yeah, <laughs> to this day, actually, it doesn't. They, no, no, they made they, they made peace. Yeah, I'm sure there's still, I'm sure there's still a little bit. Yeah, especially from those Hatfields. I think the McCoys a little bit. All right, so we will be talking about that on our next episode. That comes out on February third. So until next time, stay ghostly. Bye. <laughs>